The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Don't think that Oklahoma is going to be the team that hits 80 bajillion home runs. They may hit 50 bajillion, but I don't think they're going to be the big, bad Oklahoma Sooners that they've been. And they stay there. And they stay there. And they stay there. Oh, man. I, I love that call by Plank. As soon as he said back to back i'm like oh boy i wonder where this is about to go (laughs) yeah that's a tough one 11 in a row tough to get all those back to backs in there but uh he managed that's great that's great still a full weekend to go in conference and uh ou softball has already wrapped up their 11th consecutive big 12 Mm. title and it's not like it's just a, a terrible year for the big 12 and that's just the way that it worked out. They mowed through everyone. I think this is the maybe the best the Big 12's been in a while. OSU's good. Texas is good. Baylor, of course, is the only team that you've lost to this year. It's not a bad league. Maybe like your top four teams are as strong as they've been. So to wrap it up before you even play Oklahoma State is pretty impressive. And um, I have not lost a game in conference at all. So, what, 15-0? and 0? So. Yeah. Pretty impressive because that Baylor loss was not a, a non-con, game, right? correct? Yeah. So even last year's team, that that's your opportunity this weekend in Stillwater is to go undefeated in conference. And even that team last year that won the national championship, which could be the best team of all time, even they didn't go unbeaten in conference last year. Lost to Texas and Austin. So yeah. if you can pull that off, that would be uh, that'd be big time. But yet again, another weekend, Teddy, in the Big Twelve, where OU has more wins then the opponent does total runs. OU has <laughs> three wins, and Kansas had two runs. So OU's played five Big 12 series, and that's been, in the, that's been the case for four out of the five Big 12 series that they've played, where they've had more wins than the opponent has total runs over a three-game series. It's just wild. Four out crazy. of five. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And, you know, Kansas was able to get, what, two on the board in – the final game, or it was going to be, what would that have been, four straight conference sweeps or three straight conference sweeps without giving up a run? Yeah, three straight. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's wild. And uh, Patty Gasso, I guess, made a little bit of a comment yesterday, post-game, 
which uh, can lead to a really interesting conversation for us that, you know, we talked last week about Nebraska women's volleyball. They sold out Memorial Stadium. Over 80,000 fans will flood to Lincoln to watch Nebraska women's volleyball. I think uh, for a match in August is when that is. So Patty saw that and made the comment that maybe she needs to talk to Joe about OU softball playing a game at Owen Field or on Owen Field. Could, I, could OU sell out a game if they did that? Well, of course they could sell out a game, but I don't think you could I don't think you could do it in our stadium. It would be some arrangements would have to be made, I think, to make that work. Well, well that's the thing is there's there aren't any arrangements yeah, that can like, be made. It's like a brick wall, there's not really much you can do about that. Yeah. No, I you there's I don't know. I guess if you're okay with having a uh, a left or right field that's like 120 feet, <laughs> then you could yeah. do it. But, uh, yeah, I just I don't think it's possible, well, unfortunately. How about, how about this? It's, it's, it may not be possible with the current dimensions that you have at Marina Hines Field. So to make things a little bit more fair, how about we play a game where in the top of the first, the opposing team gets to hit on Owen Field? Mm-hmm. And in the bottom of the first, OU has to hit at Marita Hines Field. And we just yeah. we just go back and forth and play the game that way. Yeah. I think that's I mean, OU will still win enough. and they'll probably shut someone out and run rule them, but Bust at least back they'll have and a better forth chance. Strike them out at the fifty yard line over <laughs> yeah. and over and over. Yeah. It just have like one base. Like there's you can try to run over to first. Strike base. out suitors. Boomer. <laughs> Do you like yeah. ser- seriously though, like, if you could figure it out? Could OU do like Nebraska women's volleyball? You think they could sell out over eighty thousand for for a softball game? I think so. Now, I think you did. I see that they sold out in like forty eight hours. Sold all the tickets. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know, but that, that's, that's crazy. That, I'm sure that's right. Um, I think they could, and I think they would, but I, I think that they would have to have. There has to be some other – It's you couldn't do it for a series against Kansas. Sure. Right? It would need to be for like a a, a doubleheader or whatever against one of the other best programs. Bring in, in like UCLA. I, I Bring in UCLA. Yeah. You have like a big concert before or after the game, probably after. If you made it in events and if you like really pushed it ahead of time like several months – and you knew what a big moment that could be for OU softball. Like, that would be an opportunity to flex as a fan base. I'm with you, man. Like, you'd have to have an elite opponent and maybe something even around the game. But I, I think OU could do it, man. I really do. See, the interesting thing, though, is, like, how many does the uh, Hall of Fame stadium hold? Like 10, <sighs> well, 000? around 10 now, I guess. Well, they – they had right around 10 for that OU Texas series, but they didn't have the outfield Out-around, seats, yeah. you know? So, so it's probably like close 12, to 13, 11 or something. 12. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing is like, you, how, what about Bricktown Ballpark? Would it be any better to have it there? Does that, but I don't think that holds any more than Hall of Fame Stadium with the renovations, right? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe it holds. A little bit more, but yeah, they, they could sell out both of those easily. The challenge would be Owen Field to see if they could pull that yeah. one off. I mean, that but would be. That's the thing is, it's the novelty of having it at your football stadium, but 
unfortunately, ours is not a multi-use venue. And, like, you could you could probably do it. at You could do a softball game at Nebraska's field with as much room oh, as there is God. to walk around down there. I, I, I say it all the time. I've still never been to a game anywhere where you can just – have a ticket anywhere in the house, and I had a bad ticket last year, still able to walk up and down the sidelines during the game, right behind OU's bench. Yeah. Crazy. It's wild. So, yeah, unfortunately, we're not set up for that. But um, 13,000 fans at uh, Chickasaw Bricktown Ballpark, by the way. Okay. So, I mean, you there's not a whole lot to gain there over uh, doing it at the Hall of Fame Stadium. I guess you're closer to downtown, but still. God, what a recruiting tool that would be, though, if you've figured out a way to do it and it's like hey uh we just hosted a game with over eighty thousand people in attendance for a softball game also would it be kicking for chicken or would it be hitting for chicken and you had someone out there hitting a softball for free chick-fil-a <laughs> oh my gosh that's it just wondering that's great um you think whenever she calls josie he's going to be like coach we're building you a brand new stadium <laughs> all by yourself. It's like yours. It's brand spanking new. <laughs> uh, it's the best we could offer up, you know, is to build you a totally uh, brand new venue. We can't have a game uh, inside Owen Field, but we can build you a new stadium. How, how does that sound? Yeah. Let's see. Maybe they should construct a green monster in left field. Have, just have a there you go. Just have a uh, one-time use screen monster out there on the football field. That'd be sweet. It'd be it, <laughs> have to be like two hundred feet tall uh, if it's only one hundred and twenty feet out there. Yeah, if, I don't know. I wish you could do it because yes, the answer to your question is yes. They would sell it out. If OU does make an attempt to have a game in the Palace, make it a doubleheader or a weekend series to make the stadium effort worth it. Norman would love another big crowd. I like the money for local businesses. Can also have a major tourney using Heinz and Love's Field. Here's the thing, Teddy, is they do this. It's a huge success. Everyone's excited. You get a major opponent in here. You've sold out 80,000-plus tickets in 48 hours. A major television network wants to pick up the game, and they put it at 11 a.m. (laughs) <laughs> be at 11 a.m., just like it always is, Saturday morning, OU-UCLA. Well, here's the thing. It may be um, you sell it out, it goes great. You know, like You have to make some renovations in order to sell it out, but you still get like 80,000 people in there. Maybe like, yeah, you know what? The softball team's just going to stay here in this stadium, and we'll build you guys something new down the street. <laughs> they're, they're winning the championships. They get to take over. Uh, just just take over the lease at the stadium. OU Texas at the Cotton Bowl for softball. Ooh. Friday night, Teddy, even though that's uh, in the fall, uh, they do play fall ball, have an OU Texas softball game Friday night at the Cotton Bowl and then play huh. a football game the next day. Let's see. The Cotton Bowl definitely has more movement than the uh, yeah. Than they got the op- they got the open end zones, which is nice on both sides. That yeah. creates a, a lot a lot more room. Yeah, I don't know how you'd have to arrange it in there, but you you could probably you could definitely get way closer than you could at at Owen Field for sure. Uh, text line, which by the way, 
Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line. I don't yeah. know. If you, I don't know if you're listening last hour, but buddy, some was. people have been having fun. I think some people are already starting to call it the Nip. Uh, we'll we'll see how that goes over, but people already have nicknames for it. Would, uh, wouldn't it, great. wouldn't it be great? If we had a multi-purpose facility in University North Park that could serve as an 80,000-seat softball venue and an intimate basketball arena that holds 10,000 and everybody has courtside seats. Wow, an indoor softball arena? How about that? That would be awesome. Sell out a fall ball game during football season and get all the feathers ruffled in uh, in one weekend. Yeah, I – I, it would. Uh, I have no doubt. I, I'll, I'll never doubt this program. I'll never doubt the fan base, the softball fan base. Eighty thousand people would show up for that game. I, I'm I'm sure of it. And I think even like just people who are softball fans in the area would even show up to it. You know, because just it'd be yeah. just such a novelty. Yeah. No, I I agree. That's I, I I think absolutely. I think it would be. I think it'd be awesome. I think it'd be fun. I think it is. Um, fast pace enough that you could like people would love to go in there be entertained and yeah i i don't think there's any doubt that you could do it what about jerry world says the texture in the 405 yeah i had to pay 90 dollars for parking and i still had to pay 400 dollars for a standing room only seat to watch ou softball there yeah one well one more uh before we move on for the 918 <laughs> Will the Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line be the official official sponsor of the jugs machine at OU? So just <laughs> that's the kind of day that we're going to have. So just buckle in, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is great. Oh, yeah. That is fantastic. Uh, this is okay. going to be the most immature show we've ever done, and that's saying it's saying a lot. It really is. I don't know. I'm trying to think right off the top of my head what's what's the other most immature show that we've done. And I think most of them end up being right around the same area, fifth to seventh grade, <laughs> All right? fifth to seventh grade humor. All right, let's hit a quick opening timeout. We'll regroup. We got a lot of stuff to get into. We got transfer portal stuff. We got recruiting stuff. We got the National Football League draft that happened last week and over the weekend. So stay tuned. Keep hitting us on the Knippelmeyer text line, 651-3439. I'm hanging out at Newcastle Casino. We'll be back. This is your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. You're simply the best. The Showplace Theater is back at Riverwind. And with some of the best, 424, Boomer Sooner. Oklahoma, uh, Norman, I mean, thank you guys for everything. Uh, it's been a crazy three years, and um, just without the support, Sooner Nation, coaches, fans, everybody. I mean, I wouldn't be able to get through it without y'all. Uh, Coach Levy, Coach Washington, if you're watching this, Coach Venables, uh, thank you guys for trusting me and just, you know, just really just trusting me and believing in me. Let me go out there and beat me every day. Uh, Coach Gundy, thank you for everything ever since I was a sophomore in high school. But um, thank you guys for everything. I mean, uh, seriously, it's such a surreal moment. Um, unbelievable moment and uh, nothing but love for OU and all that y'all done for me so thank you Oklahoma it's Marvin Mims after he was drafted Friday night to the Denver Broncos he is the uh, first ever draft selection by Sean Payton in Denver which is pretty cool and the Broncos didn't just take him with their first pick in the draft they traded up to get 
Marvin Mims, which uh, obviously says everything about how the Broncos felt about him. If he, they, they weren't going to sit back and try to get him until the third round, they traded up to the second round to get Marvin Mims. Mm. Well, I, I think Sean Payton is awesome. I think the Denver Broncos are a, a really good franchise, obviously, historically. I just hope he gets good Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Because if he doesn't get good Russell Wilson, they... They're going to be bad for a while. Yes. I mean, they, they just gave away so many assets to get Russell Wilson. Yes. Crazy. They sold their soul and their future to get Russell Wilson in a really in good there. division. Uh, it's, that's one right. of the better divisions in all of football, if not oh, the yeah. best. Yeah. Um, and improving. And with good young quarterbacks that are going to be there for a long time. I mean, Mahomes, the Herbert kid, uh, that is that is a, a tough division. So hopefully they get ru- good Russell Wilson. Sean Payton, uh, you know, brings some clarity to the offense there. And if so, I think that he can have a really good start to his career. Uh, just make sure that you tell Marvin Mims when he's flying on the team plane to stay clear of the aisle because yeah. his quarterback will be squats. needing to do squats and some, yeah, lunges. Some, some some lunges and some other things uh, in the air, you know, right. just to prove well, to everyone he works so hard. Um, I know the, one of the good things about it is there's a lot of Denver Broncos fans around here, and it's always awesome to have – guys that are playing in on on teams that are on television a lot here in the local market and i know there's a lot of sooner fans that follow the broncos as as one of those so that's a good sign that's a good thing as well uh biggest takeaway from this weekend i mean maybe it's mims going in the second round outside of what we saw on thursday of course with the first rounder but mims going to the broncos Braden willis going to the niners what was the was kind of the big story locally around here i i think uh, Wanya Morris going to Kansas City is an awesome opportunity they for like him. like OUO linemen up there, that's for sure. You know, they, they, they brought in a left tackle and free agency, and I think they've already got someone that's going to be like uh, kind of planted as the starting right tackle, but he's, he's probably going to be their third tackle, swing tackle, that can play both positions, and uh, he may have a really good chance to go in there and earn a a starting job pretty quickly in in a year or two. So I think that is a great spot for Wanye Morris. And obviously having some, you know, having played with – he did play with Creed, right? Did he play one year with Creed? Um, well, he was a Tennessee transfer. Did that happen – was his first year 2020? When all I can't those, remember. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it yeah, was. yeah, yeah, right, because Eric so – wait, I'm trying to think. Yeah, he played one year with Creed, I believe. Okay. Um, so, and, you know, they've got – Kansas City has a really good interior offensive line. Both guards, both center are really good. That makes it easier to play tackle. Obviously, you've got the best quarterback in the game. Um, yeah, I, that's that's a money spot for Wanye Morris. Uh, Surprise, no Jalen Redman in the draft this weekend? Not really. I thought that there was a chance that he could get drafted, but, you know, because of the upside. He's got a lot of upside. And where did he – I'm trying to remember where he went with uh, – where did he sign undrafted? Was it Carolina? What in Carolina was it? Anyways, doesn't matter. Yeah, Carolina. Um, That's it. He 
I think they've got a lot of really good upside in signing him. Um, but there was just there was a lot of risk. Some of the medical stuff that he's had is he was off a lot of people's board just flat out before it ever even started, like a, a do not draft with the the blood clot issue and stuff like that. So that was a lot to overcome. And then you kind of combine it with, you know, some of the athletic numbers that he put up just don't match the production and don't match the film. So he had a lot to work through. But, you know, he's one of those guys that, that I've said there's a chance that he can be a much better pro than he was college player. Uh, so pumped to be on the Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line, says someone in the yeah. 918. Zane says, wish I could think of, of some clever puns to rack up on the Knipplemeyer <laughs> Chevrolet text line. <laughs> uh, 951, Teddy, regarding the undrafted free agents, what type of contract structures do they receive? How are practice squad contracts structured? Um, practice squad is a salary. Uh, I can't remember what it is. It's changed. It used to be like 180000 I think, and then I feel like the last CBA they bumped it up. Um, the, the undrafted guys typically sign a three-year deal, and there is some type of signing bonus. Some guys it may be ten, fifteen thousand dollars. Other guys it may be a thousand dollars. It just kind of depends. There's there's oftentimes there's there's guys that are undrafted, but there happens to be a pretty hot market after the draft with teams trying to like maybe felt like they were the only one and they could go get them undrafted and. And, and get a deal, and then all of a sudden there's a hot market, and you got three or four teams that are there, and someone may end up giving you know thirty, forty thousand dollars as a signing bonus. So it just kind of depends. But usually it's a three-year deal, nothing guaranteed except for whatever signing bonus you get, and you got to go earn your spot. Broken Arrow Fat Boy, we've been hearing about Jalen Redmond's upside a lot over the past couple of years. We have just mm-hmm. never seen it. Yeah, it's true. Well. He is, is uh, what we saw. He's in a league now where there is um, it's only production. That's it. Nothing else matters. If you can't produce, if you can't perform, you're not going to hang around long. And, you know, I don't know. I Here's the thing. I'm not going to count him out. I'm not going to count him out. It's It's a long, hard road whenever you're undrafted, but I'm not counting him out. Uh, 207,000 for 18 weeks of practice squad, says the texture in the, in the 207. Uh, yeah, 207,000. That's not a bad little life there. Uh, for 13 weeks of practice squad. Hmm. I feel like it's, it would be, uh, 18 weeks of practice squad. Maybe that was a uh, misprint. Dallas Bill, how about Bob Stoops making the XFL championship game? Yes, sir. I was yeah. watching that on Saturday night. They took an early lead and. They uh, they dominated throughout. We'll, we'll talk to Bar uh, to Bob tomorrow at uh, three twenty. But um, that's kind of what they've been waiting on offensively, especially from the quarterback. He played how real about, well. Yeah, how about Perez throwing for uh, almost three bills and three uh, touchdowns, getting some offense going. Had a uh, Davion Smith had a nice day on the ground. I texted Maddie Matt McMillan after the game. Said you guys just destroyed him the entire what whatever I said, and he said. Big game Bob is back, which gave, me, which gave me the chills a little bit. I'm like, yes, that's a heck of a response. 
Big that Game was Bob awesome. is indeed back. Well, you know what they say. It's hard to beat someone three times, Tyler. E- yeah, did you um, did you hear Bob's handshake at the at the end of the game? I did not. Basically like, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how <laughs> that happened. Because remember, he came on with us last Tuesday, and I said, how are we feeling? And he basically said, well, I mean, they beat us twice already, so not right. great. <laughs> but they played their best game of the year, though, on the road. Happy, there you go. happy for them. Four, everyone was complaining that they're four and six and made the playoffs, and now they're a game away from winning the whole thing. Well, when you say everyone, what does that entail? Um, well, all the other teams. How about that? That didn't make the playoffs. Everyone was complaining, but nobody that matters. All right, that's that's the way I look at it. I'm I'm pretty impressed with everyone's um, ability to spell to spell Knipplemeyer. I mean, that's not the easiest thing to spell, and we're at about a ninety percent success rate so far. And you know, everyone has jokes, so everyone keeps sending in Knipplemeyer Chevrolet, and I'm, I'm pretty proud of you guys, so far anyway. We'll see how it's the rest of the funny. day goes. Um, I, whenever I first moved here and went to school, I saw it, and obviously I thought, well, that's Nipplemeyer. <laughs> of course you did. And Naturally. I remember someone say, no, it's Knipplemeyer. And I was like, what do you mean? It's there's No, it's not. There's no way that's how you pronounce that. It's just it's not possible. But yeah, like uh, all the other times in my life, I was totally wrong. The Knipplemeyer text line has been well rounded today. OU yeah. defense is nipping on the heels of being better. <laughs> I, it's just it's it never ends. Good stuff. Hey, um, I know you've probably got a plan for the next segment, but at some uh-huh. point. There was a text message that came in, and I think it was the last segment of, of the previous show you had with Parker, about would you bet $500 on Stutzman to lead the team in tackles? At some point, let's get back to that conversation. Uh, okay, uh, we, can, we can throw that in next along with some other college football stuff. I don't have an issue with that. Good deal. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the Knippelmeyer text line. 651-3439. I'm hanging out today, Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107. We'll be back. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Jeff Lister here with Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Rush on the ref, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, top picks by conference in the NFL draft over the weekend. The SEC led the way again with 43 selections in the NFL draft. The Big Ten with 35, the ACC with 19, the Big 12 with 17, the Pac-12 with 16. So the SEC and Big Ten combined had 78 selections. Everyone else, 66. So, yeah, pretty big uh, pretty big gap there. Uh, would you bet $500 on Danny Stutzman being the leading tackler next year? Um, I think he's – I think he's clearly the favorite. Um, but it's not that easy of, a, of an answer. Let me ask you this. 
Do you, how much better do you think the defense is going to be than a year ago? I'm not. I, I'm not going to look at it like necessarily just numbers, just like I test. I think right. that they're going to be noticeably better. Like I, I feel like a big jump's going to happen this year. I, I not do per, too. Not, not perfect. Not perfect. But right. let's remember what we're talking about. Big jump from last year. I do too. So last year we all know that we were not a statistically good defense. Uh, we're not. We're not a good defense. Um, Stutzman led the conference in tackles. He had 126. Aguebu was fourth in tackles in the conference with 110. Okay? And then you all you have to do is go down to number 13, and Deshaun White had 90 tackles. That's a lot. We had, we had guys that were – we had three guys in the top – 13, two guys in the top four in tackles. The, but the better you get on defense, the more evenly, typically, the more evenly the numbers get spread across between the 11 guys that are out there playing. When you play bad defense, uh, linebackers and safeties – usually rack up tackles oh, yeah. because they're cleaning up other people's misses. I remember in 2012 when, like, Tony Jefferson was the leading tackler. Situation yeah. like that. Yeah. It, you know, there was some scheme stuff in that. Like, we he we wanted him to be because he's the best player on the defense. Um, but, yes, that is right. Um, so, it becomes more difficult because I think as – we play better defense, the the plays are going to be way more evenly distributed across. For example, last year, Iowa State was the best defense in the conference. They were the best defense in the conference by a huge margin, by the way, which is crazy considering they were, what would we say, they were 3-9, and nine, something like that? Uh, they, they, they didn't go to a bowl game is four or five wins i can't remember which one maybe it's five so stutzman led the conference with 126 tackles the leading tackler on iowa state the best defense in the conference had 68 tackles they only had one guy in the top 25 probably not on the field as much so he was last year i mean probably not that's that's exactly right the better you play the more it's spread across, it's more evenly distributed across the players and the less opportunities you have. So he's the favorite. He plays the tackling position, uh, the Will Backer, um, you know, and if Canick were to start every single game and play every snap at Mike, I would say that he's probably going to be right there with Stutzman, uh, just like Aguebu was last year. Um, and I would say that I think that, uh, Harrington is going to be right there as well. As you saw, Deshaun White was, what I say, top 13. He had 90 tackles. I would say that, that Justin Harrington's going to be right there as well, Bowman. I would say that there's probably five guys, both safeties and two backers and Cheetah, that are all going to be probably in the in the same neighborhood. Well, is that best-case scenario? Because what, what is oh, that? Yeah. I mean, is, is Stutzman – like regardless of if you would bet five hundred dollars on him being the leading tackler, 
is that best case scenario that he is your leading tackler next year? Uh, not necessarily, but I if if the year is over and we're saying Stutzman's a leading tackler, there's no red flags there, right? Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you had the best year defensively. Sure. Um, I don't even I don't know who necessarily that would be. I would say the best thing would be if you had four or five guys that were all somewhat in the same neighborhood. Uh, let's see. So what I'm hearing is we should have hired Heacock like I wanted in 2019. So Sean. <laughs> that's that's all we need with the uh, Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line today. They throw out that name too. But yeah, no, I with the uh, like even after they lost a ton of talent, they still had Will McDonald last year, who ended up being a first round pick, right? Like Iowa State consistently, oh, yeah. and I know some Was of it style of play, but Iowa State consistently seems like they rank right there in the. Uh, the uh, best defenses in the Big 12 year and you're out. Yeah. It, it's it's crazy. Last year, they're um, – right, let's see here. Defensively, they were almost the number one defense by 100 yards. Jeez. They gave up two, 285 a game. The next closest was 368 a game. There were some good players on the defensive side last year. Uh, Tech had a first-rounder. I know he didn't play the whole year. Kansas State had a first-rounder, won the conference. TCU had a Thorpe Award winner there on mm-hmm. their side. So that's no small feat. It's, it's amazing, though, that they were 4-8 and eight with the best defense in the Big 12 by a wide margin. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's not a great look for the offense, that's for sure. Yeah. But, you know, hey, I, I – um... I would, I would probably, if I had to bet on any one single player, it would be Stutzman. But I would probably rather take the field if I could bet 500 on the field. Uh, good question for the 918. Who's the better Meyer? Urban Meyer or Knipla Meyer? <laughs> Knipla Meyer won't awkwardly grind on you at, at a bar on a Thursday night. So mm. early signs say Knipla Meyer is the better Meyer over Urban Meyer. How do you know? I guess I don't know that. <laughs> I, I, sh- I should check with sources before I say that about Knipplemeyer. You're right. Uh, well, um, I don't know. I just I thought that that was an interesting question, a good question that has, I think, a, a good conversation behind it. You know, I, I hope that we, we get some even distribution across tackle-wise and production-wise, and I think we got a good chance to, man. I I really like the uh, the back end of our defense. I really like what we have at edge. And I think we have a chance we're going to be thin, but I think we have a chance to be solid at the interior. If we get if we get Coe at his best and Laulu continues to get better and better, sliding into that inside spot, I think we're going to have a really good rotation at edge. I, I, we could end up being fairly salty. Yeah. Well, a question or a conversation we got into last hour was, you know, has your mind changed at all about this team pre-spring versus now? And kind of what we stumbled upon is, you know, this year not so much maybe, like what we thought before, but we're more like we, we like the future of what that can look like with some of these young players that they have, even though they're, you know, not proven just yet. There's some real promise there. I, uh, I feel like that on the defense. I don't know about you. I am very optimistic about the next three to four years defensively. 
just with the young players that they have and the young players I think they're, they're going to continue to get. Yeah. Unproven, sure, but early signs are they've got some different-looking athletes at a lot of these spots on defense. Well, this 23 class um, is already looks incredible, and we're just through spring, and the whole class it hasn't even showed up yet. So if we can continue to stack classes like that, I mean, think about it. There's a chance you have two starters – on just on defense alone from that class in Josiah Wagner and Peyton Bowen. Yeah. And at some point, I expect Adebare to be a starter too. I don't know when that's going to be. He's definitely going to be a heavy rotational guy. So, I mean, you're talking about two starters perhaps and or definitely three heavy rotational guys at a minimum on defense. That's pretty impressive. And offense, I think Caden Green could have an opportunity. There's a couple of those young backs that are going to have an opportunity. Heck, Tyler, you may have a quarterback. Wow. There, there's something for uh, people to get excited about. Jaquay's Petaway, by the way, one of those wide receivers. He ran a 10-2-6-5 in the 100-meter this weekend. Finished second only behind Caden Durham, who is a running back target for OU in 2024. Dang. So, I made the comment earlier is, like, at wide receiver, OU kind of feels like they're going to be as fast as they've been in quite some time. They brought in some elite speed at that position. Right. You know, and and not to say elite speed hasn't been around here, but normally we're talking about one, two guys with, like, speed that you're saying, dang, OU's going to have about three or four guys maybe on the roster just this year that you say, yeah, that's what elite speed looks like. Wow. Well, yeah. Uh, we're getting fast. Um, we're getting bigger on defense. We, the only thing that we're really missing right now is um, the the interior defensive line, and I, I am very confident that that's coming. Think we are definitely on pace to start landing those type of players. Uh yeah, I hope so. Uh, one more four oh five. Seems like the text line is really perked up today. Yeah. So, <laughs> the interaction is uh, it's it's there today for sure. Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. That would have been a great opportunity for me to throw in something like the text line's been saying today, but nothing came to mind. I failed. <laughs> sorry. I, I'm just trying to keep myself in check because I, I could same, get all of dude, us in trouble. Same. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Cause of work zone collisions in 2020 and 2021. When passing by those orange cones, be sure to take extra precautions to slow down, put away distractions, and keep extra space between you and the vehicles ahead of you. When driving through work zones, we want you and our crews to make it home safe and help us make Oklahoma safe. This mess is brought to you by Oklahoma Transportation and the Oklahoma Turnpike Authority. Cavens Group bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, mold testing, mold removal, uh, emergency board up, smoke and fire damage, restoration, cleanups. I, I read all of these things just to uh, let you know. Cavens can do just about everything for your home or your office building. Go check them out, cavensgroup.com. They are on call with emergency services 24-7, 365, 
405-573-3048. That's 405-573-3048. Or again, cavensgroup.com. Uh, Peyton sends in the text that is basically like the death chart from Lincoln's last game against Oklahoma State. And he, he crosses out all the names that are no longer on the roster. And the only names that are still on the roster from that death chart are like Marcus Major on the offense, Stogner on the offense, but he had to leave and then come <laughs> back, Savion Bird, Rame, Drake Stoops, and Jaleel Farouk are the only names remaining on offense from the wow. from that day. On defense, you've got Grimes, Downs, Coe, J- uh, Jordan Kelly, Kevin Gilliam, Stutzman, Witter, Stripling, DJ Graham, Key Lawrence, and Woody Washington and Billy Bowman. But, like, yeah, there's only like four or five names offensively that are still here from, what, less well, than two years ago. Offensively, is Drake Stoops the only guy of the whole group that played? Rame, it looked like he was an or with uh, maybe that was Robert Conjol. Did did, did Rame play well, that that season? Maybe he did. I think that wasn't that Creed's last year. He came back for twenty one. Uh, I thought it was was twenty not his last year. No, he he played twenty and came back for twenty one. Well, I'm not. Or seeing, no, wait, I'm I, the, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's why I don't think that he and uh, Wanye Morris overlapped one year. I don't think that happened. Gotcha. Okay, makes sense. All right. Yeah, there's been a ton of turnover, especially oh. on. I, I I guess I would have thought the there would have been more turnover defensively, but judging by this, the turnover has happened offensively. I mean, all your quarterbacks from that time period are gone as well, which is crazy. Yeah. Well, what was it we heard? I, I don't know if it was Venables that said it, but 40, 43 scholarship guys. Yeah. Something like that, number in the 40s have that that played in the Oregon game that are no longer here so and we got um, a few more uh, portal guys over the weekend we'll, we'll talk about the top of the hour uh what do you think about Emmett Jones so far think he's making a splash in recruiting he might be getting a uh, another receiver coming up in about 30 minutes well, how about that he's hit the ground running has he not yes he has how many how many receivers are they going to take in this? Well, th- this is class? this is a kid in the twenty-five class. They're going to take. Ah. It sounds like they're going to take three receivers, and they already have two plus a portal guy. They're waiting on Bryant Westco, top ten player nationally. But yeah, this kid committing at four thirty. Uh, what is it, Grayson Harris? He yeah, he's a twenty-five kid. Nice four star. Now, how good do they feel about Westco coming? He's I, the number one receiver, right? Yeah, I think they feel very good about that. Okay, very good. That would be awesome. That would be awesome because he what he's a tall, lean guy, and he like six yeah, four they, or something he, like that. I think he's listed at six three, but they got a type right now, man. Like yeah. you're either six foot three, long and rangy, or you can be on the smaller side of things, but you better have elite speed. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah, he is. Uh, he's killing it right now, which uh, looks like a really good hire. Looks like a really good hire, and I. It feels like, honestly, that the recruiting kind of everywhere is strong. Are we? Where would you say that we are lacking? And I know the text line is going to say interior defensive line, and I agree with that. But I, we, as far as like the 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 targets that we have and are really in on, it's coming. I, yeah. I feel really good about some. Some others might say offensive line, but I tend to think they yeah. got four good ones last year even yeah. though none of them were five stars. I think there was some good evaluation going on there. 
Right. All right, quick timeout. Hour number two of the rush coming up next here from Newcastle Casino. Fourteen hundred AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and ninety-nine point 